And welcome back to another episode of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And Dan, one of the things that really has become a uh, focal point on society is mental health. People coming through the pandemic, obviously struggling with mental health issues from being locked up, depending on you know where you've been and what your experience was like. You had a lot of students that were either left out of the classroom and stuck at home and have to do online learning. Others were in the classroom with masks on, social distancing, you know, just not a normal part of everyday life. And so the isolation and all those things taken into consideration. So mental health is really a a big part. Now, recently we had a shooting, a couple of shootings, I guess, that are focusing on mental health issues. And that's good and fine, and that's important But what often gets overlooked, which is what I'd like to talk about today, is just our everyday moods. You know, there's times where we wake up in the morning and we're not feeling the greatest, and so we're not the happiest, most cheerful people, but we still have to kind of battle through the day and deal with the the day-to-day events, whether it's our job, families, whatever might come our way. And sometimes our moods are up, sometimes they're down, and even though we're not really diagnosed or have any mental health issues, we could be just practically you know normal people as they say but we still have these moods and these swings and things that are going to put us through um, different feelings and approaches to life at certain times you know sometimes we're really gung-ho and we're excited and other times we're just like you know lazy slothful and being like you know I just don't feel like doing anything today and so I thought maybe that's something that we could kind of talk about and go over and and just kind of have a conversation about battling through our moods yeah, it really is such a, uh, a common thing, isn't it, Son? I mean, we all have uh, emotions. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of a book that James Dobson wrote uh, way back in 1980, so over 40 years ago, uh, titled Emotions, Can You Trust Them? And, of course, with James Dobson, who was the founder of the, uh, the great ministry Focus on the Family, um, what, what he was trying to help people see is, is that our emotions do fluctuate and that because of that, we have to be very careful that we don't, uh, we don't rely upon our emotions to make uh, major decisions or to um, really base our beliefs on those things because, you know, again, they, they do fluctuate. They do change. Our moods change. Uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes on this topic is by, uh, Oswald Chambers, and it really is where I got the title for that article, uh, but, but he, he writes in my utmost for his highest that we as Christians have to battle through our moods. And basically what he's saying is um, when we hit that rough patch in the water, like the disciples when they were out at sea with Jesus, and the storm came up, and there was the strong wind and, and the waves and uh, you know, crashing into the boat. Um, you know, the, the question for the, the disciples became, are we going to keep our eyes on Jesus, who's here in the boat with us, and trust him? Or are we going to give into our feelings of doom and gloom and despair and, you know, uh, all is lost, you know, um, feelings that we all uh, can experience at times when we're going through difficulties. So it, it is a very practical question uh these moods that we have it, it, it's very much uh, interwoven with our our spiritual life and our spiritual health 
and the decisions that we make um, regarding our thought life and and how we choose to respond to different emotions. So, yeah, I think, Sam, this is a, a great topic. I mean, whether you're male or female, you know, sometimes people will say that, you know, maybe women uh, maybe uh, have more mood swings at times than men. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, today, uh, with everything going on with COVID, with all the pressures that people feel uh, financially and otherwise in their life, um, you know, I suspect that, uh, you know, male and female alike are facing a lot of issues with moods. And, um, you know, it really can get tricky. And, and it can actually get dangerous, you know, when, when people start to make um, major decisions based on their moods and their emotions, and especially um, when it, it involves, you know, maybe a substance or, uh, you know, sometimes people will even, um, you know, seek to harm themselves uh, because of a mood that they're going through. So there's all sorts of ramifications that, that come from a person's moods. And so I think it's a very good thing for us to talk about. You know, at this particular time of year, as we move into a summer, obviously schools are out. And uh, for teachers, it's a time for a much-needed break. And having talked to a lot of teachers toward the end of the school year, you know, that was one of the things that they were really kind of struggling with. This year seemed to be really an extra difficult time for them when it came to how they were feeling, trying to get through the academic school year, trying to get things done without trying to take out all their frustrations and things on the students. Not that they would lash out and take it out on the students, but, you know, it's hard to educate or it's hard to do any job for that matter. But using the teachers as an example, it's hard to do something when you're tired, when you are exhausted, really, when you are almost close to the end, when, you know, the students, they're not cooperating anymore. They're not they don't want to be there. They don't want to learn, you know, and you have all these things going on. And so if you are in a high stressful situation like that, how we feel really can take a toll. And a lot of times what we try to do is mask that in things of the world. For example, you know, and if done correctly, I'm okay with it. But, you know, hey, let's go to happy hour and grab a drink and hang out and just relax, you know, or let's go do this over here or let's go do that over there. You know, and these are kind of, you know, they might be bandages or band-aids that you put on the solution or on the on the problem, but the real solution, you know, really we have to look and see what Jesus has to say and rely on him because he's the one that says that will give us the strength to to run without getting tired. He'll give us wings so we can mount up like wings like eagles. He'll embrace us into his arms. You know, he goes through all these things that all we have to do is rely on him and go to him and he will give us the, give us the strength to sustain the things that we need to do to get through as we struggle. Because oftentimes, like we've talked about in this podcast, when things are going easy, we put Jesus in the cupboard, in the closet. When things are going difficult, that's when we bring him out. But especially when we're dealing with moods, because moods or feelings, when they're down, we're going to reach out. But that's really when things can um, get quite difficult, because oftentimes then, a problem might arise and then we react a certain way and that causes another problem and then a problem and a problem and then snowball effect and all of a sudden you've got all yep. this crisis going on. So it's really important to remind people that, especially Christians, that if you're going through something and you're struggling mm-hmm. with something, that we yeah. really need to focus on Jesus and rely on him for that extra strength and, and, and you know pray, hey, give me what I need to get through this and to help me feel better because otherwise we can really find ourselves worse off than just feeling and being in a bad mood. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Son. And, and really what you're bringing out here in that point, which I think is excellent, is that our, our uh, emotional vitality is so interwoven with our spiritual health. You know, I think about something that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, he wrote, uh, beginning in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, that may sound almost like just a, a platitude or, oh, yeah, great. You know, we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord. But if you stop and think about it, you know, it, it really is a choice that we can make. We can either choose to grumble and complain, or we can choose to rejoice in the Lord for all he's done. And, and there's a big difference between those two, and there's a big difference in, in what they produce in us. You know, Paul goes on there in that passage to say, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he writes, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, and then Paul tells us the result of that. He said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I think while that passage is dealing largely with worry and anxiety, um, I, I think our moods are often connected to what we're doing with our uh, with our mind, you know, am I, am I choosing to thank the Lord today for the things he's given me? Or am I choosing to look at, um, you know, the negative side of things or people talk about is the glass half empty or half full? Well, for the Christian, um, you know, we can look at what God's given us and always find many things for which to give him thanks to rejoice in uh, the biggest being our salvation. Uh, you know, that we've been saved by grace through faith. Um, and, and then from there, uh, we can just thank God for the fact that our bodies are now temples of the Holy Spirit and that um, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace uh, and, and all the other fruit, that these are things that God uh, wants to work in our life uh, as we um, take captive every thought, the Bible says. And, and so moves kind of slip in there, you know, um, they, they can just, uh, pop up out of nowhere. You know, I think, you know, in everybody's life song, I think there are things that maybe trigger a certain mood. You touched upon something very important when you said just, you know, physical fatigue. I mean, my goodness, who hasn't, um, been in a, a difficult mood when you're physically tired or like you mentioned teachers, you know, working long hours and many people who, uh, whatever their job is, if they, if they've worked long hours and maybe they've had a lot of stress at work, you know, all of these things contribute to our mood. And, and so as Christians, um, the challenge then becomes bringing our moods to the Lord as we battle through them. Uh, because like a storm, when you're out on the water, um, that storm might last five minutes. It might last five hours. And, you know, Asan, I think there are some people who have such huge emotional battles. Um, uh, maybe, maybe they struggle with depression. Um, they struggle with, um, you know, other mental, uh, issues and, and challenges, uh, that, that they're going through. And, and so we need one another. Um, we, we need uh, to be able to, to share our burdens and, and receive uh, encouragement and comfort from, uh, from those around us. And as you pointed out, Son, the best person to talk to is the Lord. You know, in that, in that famous hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you know, the words, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything 
to God in prayer. So prayer is not just a, a pious religious activity that kind of sounds good if you're spiritual, you know, you should do it. Um, prayer is our lifeline to the one who saved us. And whatever we're feeling, whatever mood we're in, we can bring that to the Lord. And, and we can talk to him, uh, whether we're feeling joy or sorrow, happiness or sadness, um, whether we're praying for something in particular and specific, or whether we're just kind of doing our daily job, our daily work. Um, whatever the situation is, the Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing, be, because this is a very fluid uh, thing that we, we are involved in here, these moods, kind of like the ocean water uh, or, or, or the sea, like the, uh, the disciples and Jesus would have been on. There, take, take the Sea of Galilee, for example. Uh, it's very fluid. You know, one day you can have calm waters. Maybe later in the day you've got some big storms that pop up, and our lives are the same way. And we just came through COVID where there were a lot of storms. I mean, that was kind of like, you know, just one long storm season of the soul that, that, that put um, all of us, you know, through uh, some some challenges that we really maybe haven't been through before. But then you think, son, about all the people in the world right now, um, you know, who just received a bad health diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis, uh, or, or maybe there's been a car accident in their family, or there's some other health crisis. Or, or a loss of a job. So all of these things are part of the world in which we live. And, um, you know, the Lord is the one who will give us the strength that we need to press on um, when, when life gets difficult, when life gets hard, and when our moods are not warm and fuzzy. You know, when we're, we're in a bad mood. You know, when, we, when we're in a bad mood, um, sometimes we just need to hang on. You know, um, don't make any uh, major decisions when you're in a bad mood, maybe not even hardly any minor decisions, you know, but just, um, you know, ask the Lord to help you uh, as, as you go through that mood. And, and hopefully and prayerfully things will level out. But, um, you know, I don't know that there's a Christian on earth song that doesn't go through challenges. And I think some people, the, the challenges are uh, especially the mental, emotional uh, uh, things that, that, that pop up and and but but those you know the lord is there for us for those just like the others and uh we can call on the lord in our day of trouble you know one of the things that i think it's often overlooked is the emotion of disappointment um a pastor one time told me we were talking about sports and um i was i used to be a bigger sports fan than i am now but i think i'm starting to change just because of the the way the world is i'm not so involved in it anymore but i used to be really an avid sports fan watching you know as much as i can within reason and i was talking to this pastor one time this was probably 20 years ago and he was kind of sharing with me some things that you know he does like let's say while watching a football game for example if you're watching a football game you know there's so much downtime you could be reading some scripture between you know plays for example or you know just whatever things that he would kind of kind of do you know as he would engage in his you know sports watching but as we started this conversation one of the things that came up was you know disappointment and loss because i was telling him that you know, a favorite team of mine, I don't know, maybe it was March Madness, you know, and my favorite team lost out and I really thought we had a chance at winning it or, um, you know, last year when Vanderbilt loses in the College World Series in baseball, you know, you kind of get bummed out. And oftentimes that's kind of dismissed as, you know, those emotions are just, you know, uh, petty and little and they don't really, you shouldn't have those, you know, they kind of get dismissed. But one of the things that he was saying was that those are the type of openings 
I mean, we have to address those disappointment feelings because those are the openings that then Satan can use to then turn those little disappointments and those bummed out feelings into bigger things like rage, into, you know, bitterment, uh, into, you know, taking that anger and growing it and then uh, applying it to somebody else, maybe a family member, a spouse, or, you know, something like that when something else goes wrong. And it's almost like a foundational emotion. And so I thought that was kind of interesting in a perspective that, you know, even sometimes the littlest of things when we're feeling down because maybe a favorite sports team lost. Now, we can't get too crazy and be all depressed and, you know, emotional about it. But some of those little things that we feel or maybe, oh, we didn't get a job or promotion we were hoping for. Now, maybe the promotion would have better our life, but because we didn't get it, our lives aren't going to change any. You know, there's no damage done in not getting it, but that disappointment in not getting it, those are kind of little gateway emotions that if not addressed, experienced, go through them, you know, kind of work them out in our mind, they can be kind of openings to other things that then grow. And I thought that was kind of interesting that even, you know, the feelings of disappointment are just as important as, you know, some of the feelings that we get if you have a medical diagnosis, like you mentioned, or, you know, you lose your job completely. Now you don't know what you're going to do for work, things like that. And so uh, I think it's important to for people to realize that no matter what your emotion, no matter what your mood is, no matter what you're feeling, all those things are important to make sure that you don't let them go so they don't fester and grow into bigger problems. Yeah, it really reminds me, Son, of what Paul writes about in Ephesians, the fourth chapter where he writes, in your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down where you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And so we all know what happens when we go to bed angry at night with someone. Um, we don't sleep well. You know, our subconscious tries to work through that issue all night long. We wake up in the morning not having slept well. And the first thing we think about is that person. And I mean, because we're holding a grudge. And, and this is literally what happens then. Um, the devil gets a foothold. It, it, it opens a door in the spiritual realm whereby um, our spiritual enemy is able to oppress us. Um, that's what sin does. It, it opens doors. It opens doors to the enemy to oppress us. Now, our soul belongs to Jesus. Um, we're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven as, as believers in him, as followers of Christ. But that doesn't mean that Satan won't try to to nag us and pester us and oppress us. But he, he, he needs an opening. He needs us to, um, to commit sin and then to hold on to that sin, like in this case with anger, to go to bed at night asleep, having not confessed that sin to God, having not prayed about it, having not, you know, um, asked God to, you know, forgive me, Lord, for, uh, for that anger that, that I was holding for that other person, that grudge that I was starting to hold. Uh, and then even praying for that person is so important to help us get free from that 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 uh, bitter or angry, uh, resentful feeling. But but I think that really is an example of what you're talking about there, Son, where maybe, you know, the, all it takes is just a little door that gets open. And um, it can lead to something bigger. It can snowball. And, you know, there really is no such thing as a little sin in that sense, that little sins... Um, have that uh, that ability to become larger, to grow, and and so it's important that we as Christians really manage our hearts and and really do an inventory. You know, constantly, uh, if there's anything that's offensive to the Lord, we want to bring that to Him and ask the Lord to 
to forgive us and change us and, and make us more like him. Because, uh, you know, just going to bed at night angry with someone, you know, who does it hurt? It hurts the person who's, who's holding the grudge. There's no doubt about it. You know, the other thing that this type of conversation speaks to also is, um, you know, the political nature of our country now. I mean, think about the last few years and the divisiveness and the anger and the hatred and all the vitriol that's been spread on social media, you know, and I thought about it. And so I've taken a step back. I don't really engage too much in that, but, you know, I would, um, you know, express an opinion and that opinion might be met with, uh, you know, somebody, you know, calling me a name or a liar or not knowing my information or whatever. And you have a tendency to go back and forth. And then at the end of the day, everyone's all riled up because you had an argument over somebody that you don't even know. But in this day of political, heightened political society that we live in, you got, you know, wokeism, you got transgender ideology, you got CRT in schools, you know, we've got an election coming up and there's going to be a divisiveness in that election where, you know, people are going to look at high gas prices and say, you know what, this, you know, these Democrats need to go and others are going to die on the sword calling, you know, people that are going to vote against the Democrats and high gas prices names and stuff because they think that the high gas prices are okay in the name of, you know, political ideology. And so we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's going to be important that we focus on not only what's going on immediately, but things that might come up in the future, kind of prepare ourselves, I guess, just like you would uh, an athlete preparing for an event or maybe a, a pastor preparing for a message or if you're preparing for a business meeting, you know, we got to prepare ourselves and know what's coming so that when we enter these avenues or these arenas where emotions can fly, we are already prepared to know that, okay, I'm going to be aware of these red flags. I'm going to be aware of these landmines. And when they go off, I'm not going to engage. I'm going to take another route. I may have to you know, engage in the conversation. I may have to, you know, counterpoint what's being said. I may have to even push back with some severity on things, but I'm going to make sure that I do it correctly. So even I think preparing ourselves ahead of time and, and having uh, uh, the ability to know what's coming is also important. That kind of helps us then battle through our moods and lets us know what's going on and be better prepared for those cases that come up. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of our life of discipleship, Son, is that preparation, um, you know, always being ready. Um, I, I, I'm reminded once again of Ephesians, you know, where Paul in the final chapter, the sixth chapter there, writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then Paul lists all the pieces of the armor that, that we are to put on uh, as, as this protective um, armor that God gives us, uh, this belt of truth buckled around our waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, our feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, uh, the shield of faith, uh, with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and then the helmet of salvation, which is, uh, well, the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So um, spiritual warfare and moods and emotions uh, are all so closely connected to each other. You know, Satan will use whatever he can to try to drag us down, distract us from our work in Christ, uh, disrupt our peace in Christ. And, you know, for some people, I think it's moods maybe as much as anything. Uh, for other people, it might be a particular temptation uh, that Satan has found that is working against this person. But, you know, he'll use whatever bait works. And, and he has been around now for centuries to see um, how human beings tend to respond to these different things. Um, so he's got a lot of experience at this, but 
as the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So uh, we serve a risen Savior who's, who has defeated Satan at the cross. Um, we don't have to be afraid of the devil, uh, but we do need to be strong in the Lord because um, Satan is real. His attacks are real. Uh, but so also is the armor of God uh, that we have access to as believers in Jesus. Um, and, and thank the Lord that we do, because, um, you know, there are some days, son, when, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the armor of God, I mean, we we would really be uh, we would really be in trouble. But uh, but thankfully, God's given us this resource, these these uh, these defensive pieces and then the offensive uh, weapon we have that the Bible is so important to meditate upon Scripture. Uh, that's our one offensive weapon in this spiritual battle. And uh, the word of God is living and active. Uh, all scripture is God breathed. And Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So uh, we need the Bible for spiritual health, for mental health, uh, for spiritual growth. And, um, and this is why, uh, you know, we're instructed in the Bible uh, to, um, to be strong in the Lord, because we have these weapons at our disposal, but God uh, looks to us to have a part in, you know, actually turning to the Bible rather than just, you know, burying our head in, in our phone all day or, or online all day or whatever. Uh, he's given us prayer. He's given us the word of God. And if we neglect those, then we're going to be much less effective uh, in our lives of discipleship. And we are probably going to find that um, temptations uh, are much harder to resist. And, and the struggles that we're going through uh, can, can seem almost overwhelming. Uh, apart from God's grace in, in our life and this armor that he, he has given us. You know, one of the things, too, that comes with moods and feelings and stuff is, you know, it's the, it's the saying, I guess, facts over feelings, right? You got facts over feelings. The facts of the matter, the facts that there's two genders, you know, is, is over the fact that you think that you feel like you're a third or fourth gender, whatever it might be. So the, the whole facts over feelings thing tends to be something that has yeah. become a big deal, the battle between facts and feelings. You mentioned uh, on Sunday that uh, Jordan Peterson, that he, when he was at the University of Cambridge in the UK last November, somebody asked him, does consciousness die with the body? And so he went on to say that he really didn't know. He didn't really understand, you know, what happens to the consciousness, things like that. He was, you know, didn't really know. And which I thought was a, you know, a smart answer. If you don't know, say you don't know instead of making something up. Right. But, but right. a lot of, a lot of Christians, you know, who believe and go to church, they might doubt themselves and their salvation. They might feel like they're not a Christian. They're not going to heaven because they feel like they're a bad person and they feel mm-hmm. like they're not worthy of God's love. So again, you get these, you know, uh, doubts that are being put into people's minds about their salvation, about their Christianity, about their belief in God. And there's been a lot of people that I've known over the years or have heard of that were strong Bible believing Christians. And then all of a sudden they started to have doubts and now they don't really believe the Bible anymore because some influence has changed it so that they don't believe. So I think that's the other thing too, that if we get grounded in our faith, okay, and we learn the Bible, we learn biblical principles, and we stand by them, even though as failed humans, you know, we're going to sin against those biblical principles, you know, but if we believe in them, and we're grounded in them, despite how we feel, we can have the confidence to know that our faith 
in what we believe is still there. And then when the feelings kind of go away, the facts will remain. And so like Jordan Peterson, not knowing, we can still know that we are saved. We can still know the biblical you know, foundation that we believe in if we prepare ourselves and if we get ourselves to the point where we are firmly staunched in biblical principles. Yeah, you're making an excellent point here, Son. You know, um, I think there have been a lot of Christians over the centuries who have struggled with doubts over their salvation, and they've been tempted to look for assurance in their feelings, or they just look within themselves. Is my faith strong enough? Or am I doing enough? Or, you know, the, the temptation is to look at something you're doing, and what what God invites us to do in the gospel is to go back to the promises that God has made, to stand on those promises uh, that we have in the gospel, um, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. That, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And, and there are so many uh, promises like this in Scripture related to uh, the gift of salvation that the way to overcome doubts about your salvation is to just go back to the word, stand on the word, believe it, um, cling to it, and and fight your doubts and your moods and your feelings with faith. Uh, use facts. Uh, use facts. And, and this is what the Bible has given us. Um, the Bible has given us the facts about life and death, about heaven and hell, about sin and grace, about God, and and the alternative, which is just living a godless life. Um, but, but God has given us the gospel. He's given us salvation. Um, in Ephesians, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. But, oh, Satan, he would love to have you look at your works. You know, he is such a sly um, deceiver. Uh, and, and, you know, Sly, what, what it seems like Satan is up to is that it, when he comes across a Christian, um, and somebody who is saved, born again, justified, redeemed, and forgiven through faith in Christ alone, um, he will try to accuse that Christian, um, you know, um, look uh, at this thing over here uh, that, um, that, that you did. You know, you're not doing enough uh, to, to, to be saved. Um, and, and he'll try to get a, a Christian to look at his life rather than to focus on the cross. You know, it's very interesting that for many unbelievers, you know, um, rather than um, trying to focus on what they're not doing, he'll try to have an unbeliever just keep their eyes on all the things they're doing, all the moral things that they feel um, qualify them to go to heaven. Because, of course, they're still trusting in their works to get to heaven. They're not yet believers in Jesus. They're not yet born again, saved, redeemed, justified, and forgiven because they're relying upon the law rather than upon the gospel. So Satan's like, oh, hey, look at all this stuff you're doing. You're great, you know. Um, you're, you're so good. You're, you know, um, there's no way that God won't accept you into heaven. When, of course, they don't even yet have faith in Christ. But for the Christian, it's you're so bad. You know, you call yourself a Christian. Um, you, you, if you were really a Christian, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have done this. So he accuses uh, Christians of, of, of being terrible and, and, and trying to get the Christian to doubt their salvation. And he flatters the unbeliever. 
uh, with, oh my, look at this. You're doing, you're so good, aren't you? You're so good. So Satan knows exactly how to attack each person. And of course, the unbelievers he's already got in his grip. Um, they're still in the realm of spiritual darkness. Um, they're not yet uh, trusting in Christ as Savior. Um, but boy, for the believers, um, we've got a target on our back. And Satan will try to work through our moods. He'll try to work through lies. He'll try to deceive us. And, and he'll try to condemn us. Uh, and, and, you know, because we're still sinful, uh, we as Christians, we still do, um, you know, mess up. Um, and, and boy, Satan is right there when we do to accuse, 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 condemn, condemn, condemn. But, you know, the Bible says that God's not given us, given us a, a spirit of, of condemnation. Um, he's not given us a spirit of fear. Um, Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save us. Uh, now, that's not a license for us to go out and freely sin, of course. Um, you know, that's not uh, just a free pass to go live however we want to live, live according to the flesh. No, um, we're called to follow the Spirit uh, as we follow Christ, to be led by the Spirit um, as we uh, seek to do, to do God's will and do what Jesus would have us to do. But um, we have to be aware of Satan's attacks, and, and we have to know that the Word of God and the facts of the Word are where we find our, our comfort, our assurance, our salvation, everything that we need for life and godliness is found in Scripture. Um, it's, it's filled with promises. And, you know, one of the, I think, most tragic things, Son, for, for us as Christians is when we neglect the Bible, when we neglect the Word of God, when we neglect meditating on Scripture and clinging to those promises, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Because you know, a lack of the Bible is going gonna, is gonna to lead to prayerlessness as well. Uh, prayer and, and Bible meditation go, go together. One spurs on the other. Uh, because this is, this is what it means to be led by the Spirit. Um, or as the Bible says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Okay? So God has placed a fire within us. But every day, He, he wants us to also be involved in, in stoking that fire in the sense of, of cooperating with the Holy Spirit by by thinking those thoughts that are pure and holy and biblical and praying to the Lord. And it's so easy to get away from that, to kind of just get into the flesh and, and just do uh, maybe other things uh, and make other things, number one, rather than our walk with the Lord. But um, the Bible tells us clearly as disciples, we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. You know, um, having just come through COVID, you know, we, we saw, we've seen a lot of people, um, I was listening to a message by Jim Cimbala on this here this morning, um, and, and uh, you know, as he was pointing out, you know, we've seen a lot of people drop out. Uh, you know, in society, a lot of people have dropped out, um, you know, because of the pressure that they have felt. They're dropping out in a variety of ways, but it's also happening in, in churches. And there have been a lot of people that have dropped out of, of regular church involvement for one reason or another. They, they got the habit of just not going and, 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 and started to just kind of slide into a a habit that does not match biblical discipleship. Um, you know, biblical discipleship is about gathering with other Christians, encouraging one. It's not about, oh, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to go because I can get just as much online. Well, if it were just about you, if discipleship was just about you, then maybe God would say, yeah, everybody just do it that way. But because discipleship isn't just about you or isn't just about me, it's about the blessing that we can be to those who are there. Yeah, but, you know, um, I don't really like certain people who are there. I don't like certain things that they do. Well, that is still Christ's bride. 
and 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 you know try telling Jesus you don't like his bride. Try telling Jesus you don't you don't want to be around his bride. I mean that's really what we're saying when we criticize believers. Um, when we say oh I, you know that person is just too difficult to get along with. Well, have you ever thought that maybe that person is the very one that God's using in your life to try to refine you and 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 make you more Christ-like. I mean, if everybody around us, if everyone was easy to get along with, um, where would we grow? How would we grow? But but it's, it's when we get when we get challenged in the context of a family, you know, with siblings, let's say, um, there there are opportunities there for growth. Sure, there's opportunities for friction, of course, and, and for uh, conflict, of course. Um, any marriage is an opportunity for conflict, along with all the blessings that it brings. But there are also opportunities for growth. And this is what God has given us in, in the church with one another. And, and yet we live in a season now, really around the world, Sean, where many are dropping out. And it's very, very unfortunate. It, it, it's not a healthy development at all for those who are dropping out uh, or for those who are still um, participating in the life of, of the church with, with God's people. Because... Um, you, you just you don't have as many people there to be a blessing too. So this is something that hopefully will um, will start to move in the other direction here. But uh, I, I don't know that just making it so easy for people to just have online services. I mean, on one hand, that can be great if somebody can't get out, and there are truly people who who are unable to get out. You know, they're they're homebound, or or they are sick, or they do have COVID, or this or that. But but when when we are able to gather with other believers and then we just choose not to, I mean, after all that our Lord did for us to save us and, and to you know make us part of His church, uh, it, it really doesn't show much of an effort at all. And as we all know, son, relationships take effort, um, whether it be marriage, whether it be a relationship with your parents or your children, uh, a relationship with a friend, relationship with your relatives. Um, but this is also true in the church. And when you read the New Testament, um, a lot of what was going on, um, God was doing in the community of the believers. Uh, and that's why in Acts, uh, we're, we're told um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer in Acts 2.42. So these are, these are all part of, I think, Son how we remain strong in the Lord, how we serve the Lord, how we battle through our moods. And we've kind of had like a, a worldwide mood in a way that, that COVID has brought. And not everybody's battling through it very well. Um, but, but don't give up, my friend. If, if you're kind of on that, the other side of that, and, and you kind of, you know, let that mood like a wave in the water, uh, almost like a riptide, you know, under, under, undercurrent, pull you out away from uh, a place of safety um, and, and a place of spiritual strength. And, um, you know, call upon the Lord today. Maybe that's why God has you listening to this right now. Um, just as kind of a reminder to you to um, don't give up. Uh, you don't have to quit. You don't have to, you know, just throw in the towel um, just because it's so easy to bury our head in our phone or our Internet and just isolate ourselves from others. That's not what we see in the New Testament in terms of New Testament discipleship. They're all the one another's, you know, love one another, encourage one another, serve one another, be devoted to one another and brotherly love. You know, it's difficult to forgive one another, 
you know, it's, it's difficult to do that when we live in isolation. It's practically impossible to do that. So while, you know, online worship has kind of become a fad and so forth, uh, it's pretty difficult to have a biblical New Testament community with other believers when we just want to do it, you know, our own way by ourselves, kind of this Lone Ranger Christianity, um, which is very popular in America. But unfortunately, it's just not the biblical model of discipleship. And it, it just does not advance many of the goals that God has for his bride, the church. Noah Webster Jr., who is synonymous with the uh, dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, is often considered or called the father of American scholarship and education. And one thing he said was that education is useless without the Bible. So how does that fit into our conversation? What's like this? Okay, so we're going through our day-to-day, okay, and we're feeling different things. We're going through different emotions, okay, and we come across... Like you mentioned, you know, the discipleship, we come across certain events or certain interactions with people, you know, and interactions might be good, bad, whatever. How do we respond? And so you think about, you know, what the Bible might have to say about something. So let's say we find um, $100 and a wallet, and the wallet has the person's ID, and we have a way to maybe reach out to them. Do we keep the $100 or do we put it back in? Now, we might be broke. We might be out of a job. We might think, okay, you know, all the $100 I'll take, I'll give him back his credit cards and his driver's license because at least he gets all that back. But then we can think of Proverbs 11.3 that talks about the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And so even though our feelings are like, dude, I could really use this money, well, we can know that through Scripture that we should do the right thing and return the money. Or everybody just got done watching the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial, right? And now everyone's boo-hooing the fact that maybe Amber Heard has to pay $15 million or whatever to Johnny Depp. Well, if you think about it, okay, sure, they were probably going through some really strong emotions, maybe emotions of hate, revenge, you know, who knows what's going through their minds. But then you think about, you know, Exodus 2016, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So maybe we think, okay, maybe I shouldn't say something bad, because if I do, I might get sued for, you know, $50 million or whatever. You know, we like to gossip, you know. We think about gossiping or just talking bad about people or bad about things. And then you think of Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that what is helpful for the building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. And so, again, despite our emotion, despite what we're going through, the Bible is educating us as to what we can do in these situations. So if we are having a bad day and our judgment isn't very clear because of how we're feeling and we want to knock somebody out or we want to talk bad about somebody because they said something to us, we can know that through our biblical learning that that's not the thing to do, but instead we should do this or just refrain from doing anything at all. Yeah, I tell you, son, it, it really does take um, discernment, doesn't it? It takes self-control. Um, this, at times, you know, knowing when to refrain, um, when to respond. You know, when the Bible talks about being led by the Spirit, um, it means that God wants to help us in these different uh, situations. Sometimes they're going to be challenging to know exactly, you know, how does God want me to respond? Um, should, I, should I say something? Shouldn't I say something? Should I step into this situation or shouldn't I? And, and, you know, it really is a, a daily challenge to know how God would have us to live 
um, given the just the all of the different experiences and people that we interact with. But but the, the good thing is uh, God promises to guide us, to lead us, uh, especially when we are staying in his word. You know, um, there's so much wisdom that comes from the word. And, and we also should never be afraid to seek the opinions of others and, and other Christians. You know, the Bible says, listen to advice and accept instruction. And, and in the end, you will be wise. Um, sometimes, you know, we launch out on things just based on our own understanding. Um, and, and, you know, meanwhile, we've got some people around us who could have spoken a lot of wisdom into our life, if only we to listen. Um, the first person, of course, we need to listen to is the Lord and not rely on our own understanding. I think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And, um, and just that quote that you gave there from Noah Webster that, you know, education is useless without the Bible. Uh, we have a lot of people in America who don't understand that. They, they, they don't understand the power of the word, um, how much direction that can give to a person's life, how much power, how much strength. And most of all, as the Bible says, the scriptures make us wise for salvation, wise for salvation. You know, um, you mentioned the, the Johnny Depp trial, and I was thinking, you know, um, okay, so, you know, they have an award there, of, say, you know, $15 million. But, but what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? Um, you know, what would it profit somebody to get $15 million or $50 million? Or as I, as I just saw today, they said LeBron James has become the first billionaire in the NBA. Okay. Um, so you have a billion dollars. Um, but when you die, you're not going to take a penny of it with you. Your soul is immortal. Um, were you wise for salvation or did you just get a billion dollars and spend it on a luxury yacht and all sorts of fancy sports cars and mansions and everything else? But then you die. And, if you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? So, you know, son, when we teach our children um, what Jesus did for them, um, when we teach our children how much God loves them, we are giving them the one message that can bring them to eternal life in Christ and, and to a place where we can live with them forever in heaven. But when children aren't given the gospel, or when adults and teenagers are not given the gospel, how are they ever going to um, believe in Jesus? How are they ever going to learn about their immortal soul and their sin? And, and that there's only one thing that can wash away their sin, and that's the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. So, um, you know, the world celebrates the things of the world. NBA championships, um, you know, golf championships, tennis championships, um, you know, all sorts of other sporting championships. The world celebrates materialism. The world celebrates things like the stock market. You know, um, uh, you know, there are all sorts of things that the world gets excited about. But, but, there, but there's something that the world doesn't understand because it, it takes spiritual discernment. And that is um, what it means to know God, um, to be saved, to have eternal life in heaven. Because we're all winding down, son. Everybody, the clock is ticking. And there are people right now during this podcast, you know, thousands of people who will enter the other side um, and, and, and their body will expire, but their soul will then begin that eternal, uh, that eternal journey uh, in, 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 that, in that location, uh, in, that, in that place of residence, um, that extreme destination 
of either heaven or hell. And, and this is what Jesus brought to the world, son, and the world does not understand this message. In fact, the Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So we, we always, as Christians, want to bring people back to the cross because that's where our salvation is. That's what Jesus did uh, to pay for our sins. That's why we can know that we're going to heaven because our faith is in the cross, not in ourselves, not in our religion, not, you know, in how well we did when, you know, battling through our moods, you know, um, not how well we perform for the Lord, but it's in the cross, the message of the cross. And that's why the Apostle Paul could write, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the world is going one way. Um, God is leading his children in a different way. And it's why John, you know, could write, um, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Um, because, you know, the, the cravings of this world and the, and the lust of man's eyes, you know, these are not things, son, that, that God uh, gives us. He gives us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He gives us a love for righteousness and truth and for the Bible. We don't have that. We don't love God's word, you know, in and of ourselves. We don't love Jesus unless the Holy Spirit comes to give us that love through faith and then uh, making our body a temple of the Holy Spirit. So these are all spiritual things. We're helpless without God. Um, we have to have God doing it for us. And, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's very much like a, an article that I, I wrote that went on to the Christian Post this week where I used the example of um, the, uh, the Kennedy Space Center. And, and, and I talked about, um, you know, what it takes to get to the moon. And, you know, anybody could drive or fly down to Florida, you know, from really anywhere in the world. You get to Florida, but you're not going to get to the moon unless you're on a rocket. And, and that's the difference between man's intellect and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, human reason can get you to Florida. Human reason can get you there but it cannot get you to the moon. And um, the moon, they're representing faith in Christ and salvation. That's going to take the Holy Spirit. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so, my friend, if you're listening today and you're not sure whether you're saved, open your heart to God today and, and, and just ask God to, to show you the truth of the gospel and ask God to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you so you can believe because you need to believe. You need to be saved. If, if you're not already saved, you need to go to the moon, but you're going to need a rocket to get there. And Jesus has already died on the cross. But if you don't yet have faith in him, um, that's a miracle that God will work in your life. And faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So, so believe in your heart that Jesus did die on the cross for you. Believe in your heart that he rose from the dead. Um, God is working even right now. Just don't, don't resist. Don't say no. And um, that's the key right now. Just don't resist. Let God do this in you and for you. Um, today, if you hear his voice, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Um, so pray about that. Ask God to help you. Um, read John chapter 3. Read it every day for a week. And then meditate upon the third chapter of the Gospel of John. And, and then just pray, Lord, show me if I'm missing something here. And, and my friend, if you're not yet saved, if you don't know that heaven is your home, um, you know, this could be your week as we, as we start now in the first week of June here in 2022. Don't, don't, don't get to the second week because you don't know when your life on earth may end. You don't know 
what may happen tonight. Um, you know, who would have thought that uh, Ray Liora uh, here last week would have would have died in his sleep, you know? But, I mean, these things happen. Every day they're happening to people. People are entering into eternity. Now, in a sense, we're already there. You know, your soul is already immortal. It's not going to get any more immortal. The only thing that will change is when your body dies, then you'll immediately go to your eternal place of residence. Um, that's all that's going to change. But you're already immortal. You're already eternal. Um, the real you is never going to cease to exist. And this is what Son makes it so, you know, just uh, tragic when people think, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just take my life because that's all it is. No, don't take your life. You know, give your life to Christ. Um, because taking your life does not extinguish your soul. Um, surrender your life to Christ. Trust in him as your savior. And, and that's how you battle through your moods. That's how you deal with your sin. That's how you come to know God. Um, you, you know, Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so if COVID has got you beaten down, if your health is, issues have you beaten down, if your finances, most of all your sin, um, bring it to Jesus, trust him today, and, uh, and you'll be on the road, you'll be on the highway to heaven. Doesn't mean your life won't have problems. You'll still have problems, but you'll have the Savior with you, and that is what matters. That's what matters for eternity. And, and so don't try to tackle your moods, your depression, or any of these things without Jesus. You know, make sure you're, you're going through it with him, and, and it'll make all the difference in the world. And the other thing, too, as we kind of wrap things up is you know, that old adage, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, we saw what he would do on the cross, even when people were jeering at him, even when people were, were antagonizing him and tempting him. You know, hey, if you're God, if you're Jesus, if you say who you are, come down off that cross. And yet, instead of, you know, like the Petra song said, instead of eyes that burned with hate, a look of love was there. So no matter what we're going through, we can always look to, you know, Jesus, because he provided not only the answers in the Bible, but also the example. And none of us, at least, you know, not a whole lot of us can say that we went through anything that Jesus went through. Um, And so if Jesus, you know, being uh, persecuted and crucified on the cross can still love the people that were doing that to him, then there's no excuse why we can't do the same to the people that, you know, we think are oppressing us. Yeah, that's right, Son. You know, the, the heart of Christianity is about forgiveness. And how in the world could we go to God and ask to be forgiven and then turn around and say, but I'm not going to forgive so-and-so for what they've done. That is just so antithetical to Christianity. And, and this is why Jesus, you know, teaches um, you know, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, well, then neither will your Father in Heaven forgive you your sins and your trespasses. In other words, if you're going to live, if you're going to live a life of just resentment and holding a grudge, then that is going to block you from receiving God's love as well. Because you can't have it both ways. You can't say, "I want God to forgive me," but boy, I'm not going to forgive others. That's not how Christianity works. It won't work. It, you, you'll find that it doesn't work. Um, the Holy Spirit will not bless that. He will not honor that. Jesus will not honor that kind of an attitude. And he said that, you know, Jesus said that straight out. I mean, you know, um, if you choose not to forgive, then don't think you're going to be forgiven. And it's not that you're earning anything because you're not. But, 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 but those who dig in their heels and say, I will not forgive others. Um, that is such a statement of resentment that it just completely blocks Anything the Holy Spirit would be wanting to do to save that person's soul 
Um, and, and, and there's no repentance there. And you can't be saved without repentance. Um, repentance is a work of God. But man can resist the Holy Spirit's work and say, I will not repent. I will not forgive. I will not let go of this grudge. You don't know what they did to me. Well, um, is that person and what they did to you, is it worth losing your soul over? Um, is that grudge, is that so important to you that it's worth losing your soul over? Because, my friend, you will lose your soul if you put that grudge above a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you refuse to repent of that, um, it won't matter on Judgment Day when you stand before the Lord and say, but, 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 Lord, but so-and-so did something to me. And you'll be talking to the one who had all that done to him. You know, everything that was, and he was perfect. He was sinless, unlike you, unlike me. And yet, what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. So um, it won't work on Judgment Day to say, Lord, but, 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 but this person did this to me. It won't matter. Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And you don't want to hear that, my friend. You don't want to hear that. So it's, you know, far better today. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Um, pray for that person that you have a grudge against because it's not worth losing your soul over. It's not worth standing before the Lord one day and trying to make excuses about why you chose to, um, to not forgive that person. It's not worth it. Um, it's, you know, it's much better today to repent. And, and if, you, if, you have, if you're struggling in getting to that point, start praying for that person. And, and I know you don't feel like praying for them, but that's how you're going to get there. Start sincerely praying for them and asking God to change your attitude toward them. And it doesn't mean that what they did was right. It's never going to make it right, what they did, all right? But, but God isn't going to um, base your salvation on what, on what they did, okay? He's looking to you. And, and Jesus' first sermon was repent and believe the good news. Not make excuses for it. Not, not you know, forgive certain people, but not other ones. Repent. And believe the good news. So if that's speaking to you, my friend, just know that God loves you. He's not wanting to condemn you, but but um, he is not going to um, to welcome people into heaven who live lives of hate and resentment and holding grudges and, and an unforgiving spirit. That, that's not what God's going to let into heaven. He's going to let those who have become a new creation in Christ. And you say, well, I can't get there. Well, no, but with Christ in you, he can bring you there. He can change your heart. He can change your moods and your, and most importantly, your attitude. Even if your moods, you know, even if you still, and we're all going to always have, you know, as we've been talking about this whole podcast, we're always going to have different moods. So don't base it on your moods. Um, don't base it on your feelings. Base it on truth and on the gospel. And, uh, and just bring that sin to the Lord today. He'll do the rest. But, but he calls us to bring it to him. Dan Dozell, pastor at... Redeemer Church in Papillion, Nebraska, also an author of articles that can be found at thechristianpost.com. You can just search uh, his name, Dan Dozell, in the search, and the articles pop up. And, Dan, we appreciate your time, as always, as we get to talk about the things of this world through a biblical perspective, using our sanctified reason. And uh, we look forward to uh, many more conversations as uh, God allows. Well, thank you, Son. I, I sure enjoyed it as always, and I'll still look forward to those conversations as well. Thank you for all you're doing, Son. And until next time, we just ask that God that to bless all the listeners. And if you'd like to find uh, more episodes, you can just go to our website, radiowarp.com. That's radio, W A R P, one word, radiowarp.com. Click on the uh, Sanctified Reason logo or icon. And it will take you to our podcast page with all the podcasts that we have done. And so, again, we thank you for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.